Hello, my name is Ran, and this is the Flow Artist Podcast. Every episode, my co-host Joe Stewart and I speak with inspiring movers, thinkers, and teachers about how they find their flow and much, much more. I'd like to start by honouring the traditional owners of the land where this episode was recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Our guest this week is Mei Yuan, the founder of Rooftop Yoga in Brisbane. Mei was born in Hong Kong and came to Australia in 2012 to study media and communication at QUT. This time away from her family really highlighted the importance of community connection for Mei. And as she shares in this episode, she also had to spend a lot of time living apart from her fiancé for visa reasons. This is how she discovered yoga, as a way of supporting her own mental health during this lonely time, which then led to her training as a teacher to help others. May was inspired to start Brisbane Rooftop Yoga, looking back into Hong Kong history, where back in the 50s and 60s, Kung Fu masters started teaching their students on the rooftops of urban apartment buildings to help cultivate individual well-being and community connection and as a chance to experience nature while living in the city. We also talk about the logistics of setting up a program like this, as well as the benefits that May has noticed so far. It's a great conversation, so let's get into it. All right, well, May, thank you so much for meeting with us today. It's so great to get the chance to speak with you. Perhaps you could start by telling us just a little bit about your background and where you grew up. Sure. I was born in Hong Kong and come to Brisbane to pursue the Bachelor degree in Media and Communication in QUT. Initially, I intend to explore the world through travel, but my parents encouraged me to complete the degree while experiencing Australia. So after spending around 10 years here, I now consider this place my home. Nice. And how did you discover yoga? It's actually introduced by my husband. After university, my husband has to go back to Singapore as he cannot find a job here without a visa. We were having a long distance relationship. I stay here in Brisbane alone and waiting for the visa approval. It was a tough period for me as I'm here alone and the visa just take ages to get approved. He then suggests me to spend some time to do yoga. Maybe it's a great way to spend my energy and kill time. I start practicing hot yoga at a studio nearby my work. I start going to the class once per week, then once per day, and then end up twice per day as I'm too free. I saw it as a form of exercise for me to kill time. And so it sounds like it started off as a physical practice and also just a way to deal with your stress. But I know that you're a yoga teacher now. Was there a point where you kind of really fell into the deeper dimensions of the yoga practice beyond the physical and you decided it was something that you wanted to share? Yeah. So after practicing yoga for a while, I realized that yoga is more about the physical form of exercise. And I was introduced by my yoga teacher that there is a yoga teacher training at Upper Brookfield and I start taking the six months cross a course and then to start my yoga teacher journey. So initially I really want to know about how does yoga start and what is the philosophy behind this. So that's how I start. 
And so would you like to share a bit about your inspiration to start rooftop yoga? As an immigrant in Australia with my parents and family far away from me, I understand the importance of community and neighbourhood. Back in Hong Kong, we all lived in high-rise buildings, and most of the time we don't talk to each other, which generate isolations and I and individualism in society. So after I spent four years working in marketing for a property investment company, the nine-to-five job seems mundane to me and doesn't really quite fall in line with my lifestyle. That's why I want to become a yoga teacher and create rooftop yoga. And I noticed the number of high-rise residential buildings in Brisbane start to pick up. And I realized that the high-rise building, it could lead to the similar uh, isolation problem in Hong Kong. That's why the ideas is mostly come from my hometown in Hong Kong, where back in the 50s, 60s, Kung Fu master practiced with their students at the rooftop. And the aim of it was to build a community, improve lifestyle and get healthy together. So by studying Brisbane Rooftop Yoga, I hope to start a platform to encourage conversation in the building through the lift ride and encourage residents to talk to each other and create a community. And have you noticed that this has been happening? Like I'm wondering if you just do the class and then people do their own thing from there or whether you maybe like do tea afterwards or other kind of initiatives to help people get talking to each other. Yeah, so... Sometimes we organize coffee catch-up, so which is outside of the yoga class. After organizing the yoga class for one of the high-rise buildings for nearly an, a year, the regular students start to know each other and we organize regular catch-up outside of the yoga class as well. So I guess it's more like um, create a community at the building through yoga and they know each other and we start to spend some time out of yoga. Nice work. And so I'm wondering who pays for the classes? Like, is it the individual participants or is it something that the building pays for just as a nice thing for residents? Yeah, the building usually pays for the class. However, some buildings doesn't have the funds for the yoga class for the residents. So we charge the student individually. So it works in different models. Sometimes we have the booking system for the individuals to pay for the class. And so is it just for the people who live in the building or is it okay for people to like invite their friends and family along as well? It is more for the, it is just for the residents of the building due to the body corporate and safety issue. So yeah, unfortunately it's just for the people who stay in the building, but we offer public, obviously, but we offer class for the public as well. So we offer yoga class at the rooftop of the commercial buildings, such as rooftop bars and hotel. That's cool because one of the things that I was thinking about when I was reading about rooftop yoga, like it sounds really lovely, but it's kind of only the expensive buildings that have like a nice rooftop garden and kind of well-maintained spaces for people to share together. And I was wondering if you did offer options for people whose buildings doesn't have a rooftop or people whose buildings doesn't like value those public spaces because it would otherwise make a little bit of a divide. Yeah, so 
we only offer yoga class at the rooftop is because the beautiful views and the nice breeze at the rooftop. We did consider offer yoga class at the park before, but I guess it's just another. I guess it's more like having yoga class at the rooftop is more a niche market for us. So we would like to bring a different experience to people who love to do yoga and have a brand new experience to practice at the rooftop. And I've had my own rooftop yoga experiences, like especially when I was traveling in India, a lot of the places that I stayed at had like a rooftop. But one thing that I found that was not so positive is often people would go up there to smoke. So sometimes I had to like clean up some cigarette butts and also just in a busy city, like just the pollution kind of makes the rooftop a bit dusty and a bit dirty. And that was either something I just had to like deal with or, you know, do a tidy up before class. Is this something that's been an issue for you or are the buildings kind of well maintained enough that it's not really a problem? Yeah, I can totally relate to this. For residential building, it is always nice and clean as they have a regular cleaner for the building. However, for commercial buildings such as rooftop bar, the cleaner sometimes will only do a weekly clean, which the class might fall before the cleaning. Therefore, I have to clean the area before the class. I've even found some broken glass on the floor before, so... I've actually bring a brush with me before the class to clean the area. So yeah, it, it is just a different experience. I just try to make sure everything is okay before the class. Yeah, you just got to factor it in. I teach a park yoga class and I have to do like a dog poo check before my class <laughs> just in case. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do you know what the main demographic is of people who are joining the session? So say the age and, and main genders that might be joining? Yeah, 90% female and ages between 30 to 40 years old. And we do have some male students and they really enjoy the dynamic flow of the yoga. Have you found that there are people who haven't done yoga before, but the fact that it's in their home building just makes it that little bit easier to come? So it's like overcome a barrier for them? Yes, definitely. Especially most, some of the students work from home and it's worked perfectly well for them. So they spend the whole days at their apartments to do their work and then they spend, uh, and then they can just come down to the, come up to the rooftop to practice yoga. So it really helps them to just get to the rooftop and do the exercise, yeah. And so it sounds like your demographic is maybe a little bit younger than this group that I'm thinking about, but do you have any attendees who do have that cultural history of like the community kung fu or tai chi practice outside? Like I'd imagine they would just love to rediscover that here in Australia. Yeah. Interestingly, I don't have anyone who has a Kung Fu practice experience before. I would love to meet someone who has that experience before. I imagine they might be at their 50 or 60. Back in Hong Kong for the Kung Fu practice at the rooftop, it is more like a disciplined and uh, so it's more like a disciplined community regular practice. I know what you mean. Like if you're doing it, you're doing it every day and it's not just something like you dip in and out of. It's like a real lifestyle. Yes, yes. And especially practicing yoga and Kung Fu, there's similarity between that. 
I always think that yoga and kung fu are not only the form of exercises. Sometimes it's out of the class, so it's more like a discipline. How do we learn from the philosophy to put it on our daily practice and our daily life? Sometimes I tell my friends about. I tell my friends that I learn how to deal with life or life lessons through yoga class, and then they were just amazed. Like, how do you learn about life's Through yoga, so it's 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 kind of interesting,、mm. especially since it was a practice that you really got into through a hard part of your life. Like it means you've already had that experience of not just the physical benefits, but the emotional benefits of the practice. Yeah. Just a question back about your classes. What has been the best time of day for people? Is it before work? Yes. So. We usually conduct the class at six a.m. before work or five forty-five p.m. after work. So we seldom do weekends because we believe the students will spend their weekends with friends and family. Usually, we do it Wednesday night or Thursday night for the after-work class. And how do you manage with the weather? Like, if it's raining, do you still do class? We normally we reschedule the class if it is raining or heavy rain. And then sometimes we will arrange the class in the conference room, which is、uh, an option at the building. Hello, Ran here. Just popping in to let you know about a great offer we have going at our Melbourne studio, Garden of Yoga. If you've been wanting to try aerial yoga, now is your chance. Our amazing aerial yoga intro pass is a great value. You get three sessions for only seventy-five dollars, and you have a month to use them. That's a saving of forty-five dollars. It also means you get to try out our different class types. Our beginners, restorative, and all levels classes all have a different vibe. We always prioritize providing options for diverse bodies and needs, so that you can feel welcome and comfortable practicing here. Just head to gardenofyoga.com.au, and I'll put the link into our show notes. And so, who brings all the stuff? Like, does everyone bring their own mat, or does the teacher kind of bring enough gear for the people who've booked in? Students will bring their own mat to the class. Sometimes, teacher will bring extra yoga props, such as yoga blocks and straps, for the students. And so, another experience that I've had teaching my own outside classes is sometimes like outside is really noisy, like there's traffic noise, and I imagine on the rooftop there might be air conditioner noise as well, or even just noise from other people in the building going about their day. Like, how do you go with the volume? Yeah, this is one of our challenges as well. Sometimes we even have birds flying at the rooftop, and then just practice with us. I guess this is the beauty. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the beauties of the outdoor yoga or rooftop yoga. We practice whatever circumstances it is, and we incorporate that with our practice. It's like music. So, so the noise we can't get rid of the noise, but we just practice with it. Yeah, I've kind of. I've tried to work with it as well. Like it seems like the noisiest part of the class is always the meditation relaxation time. Like that's <laughs> when an ambulance goes past, or that's when there's like disturbance happening in the park. So I usually try and bring the sound into the meditation. So it's kind of it's being with that environment and letting the sounds be there, but not letting them be distractions. Like not trying to push them away because it's just this is the world. Like this is life. This is what we're working with. 
Yes, yes, totally agree. And to be honest, it, it will it is hard to practice slow yoga or long meditations at the rooftop because it, it, there are so many distractions. So most of our yoga class type will be more dynamic and flow. So to keep the students engaged with the flow and their mind with their body. Yeah, I find as well, I just always have to have my water bottle because if you're having to project your voice a lot more and you don't have water to drink, it can get really hard on your own voice. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) And so I saw on your Instagram that you have a baby now. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Stalking you online. (laughs) I was wondering, so were you already a parent when you started up this business or has it been like a new journey of balancing being a parent and kind of growing a new business at the same time? I started this business before I became a parent and it is challenging after I gave birth. Uh, to be honest, I have a lot of energies. I always love taking new projects and get a lot of things on hand. But after I gave birth, I feel like the energy has most of my energies are direct to my daughter now and I have lesser energies on my business. However, I found this I found a lot of ways to help me, such as different tools, and I start to asking teachers to cover my class. Yeah, after being a parent is quite challenging. And however, my daughter is now around twenty months, and she's more easy to handle. Mm-hmm. And she's in childcare, which is like we have more times to do our own stuff. And I sometimes I feel guilty, like the mom's guilt is always with me. But I turned this into my motivation to make the business better and to support the family as well. Beautiful. And you mentioned earlier that you came from a marketing and communications background. What advice do you have for new teachers launching their own yoga programs that might be in less conventional spaces like rooftops? Yeah. My advice from marketing perspective will be save costs through free pro- using free programs such as online program, Canva, video editing. Google Calendar is really a good tool to manage your time. And I would recommend Acuity booking system, which is free if you're just using for one user and create a space for your students to book your class. And also, I would suggest avoid signing up to any ongoing platforms that charge you monthly fees, because sometimes it will be hard to manage the fees month by month. It looks really small fees, but at the end, it could be ongoing expenses for your own business while you don't have a continued income to support that. So I would suggest to get everything up front and yeah, try to minimize the cost as much as possible. And so to dig a little bit deeper into that, like using a program like Canva, if you don't have that communications background, like what suggestions do you have for people to get started? Like how do you know what to say when you're trying to promote your business? I would suggest maybe have a look online to just searching similar yoga teacher or the yoga class or even your own yoga teacher or your studio. How do they promote? So it will be there are lots of free tools and workshop online on especially on Instagram or 
on Yoga Australia. There are a lot of podcasts that will help. Nice. Yeah. And so when you've been reaching out to different buildings about the classes, have people generally been really positive and really receptive or have you had to do a bit of marketing in that area as well to kind of encourage people to pay for your classes or even just to open up the building space for a class like this? Yeah, I face a lot of the challenge when I approach buildings to offer yoga class for their residents. So there are numerous reasons for them to reject me. So say, for example, they will say, they will ask me, what if the students fell down from the rooftop during your class? And I was, I was, I was thinking, well, if they are not uh, practicing the yoga at the rooftop, they can fall down at any time, no, not with my practice. So it, it is really hard to ask the building to sign up for the yoga class. I have to send them a proposal and provide the benefits of the yoga class to their residents. At the same time, I'm so glad to work with the property developers or the building manager that they're willing to take care of their residents' well-being while they're staying at the building. Yeah, you think they should design the rooftop so it's not possible to accidentally fall off. <laughs> like, <laughs> And there's generally, you know, rails and stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not like people are doing arm balances on the on. This. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so... I know that like you worked in commercial marketing and real estate. Do you think that helped to kind of know the language that these kind of building managers would respond to? Like were you able to use some of your skills from your past nine to five job to help launch this new project? Yeah, I believe so. That definitely helped me, especially the networking, especially my network when I was working in real estate company. So I have been dealing with a lot of property manager and also property developer. So it really helps me to bring in the network and also my skills to help them. In terms of the yogas, I actually help them. Sometimes I'll help them to do their marketing as well. So promoting their buildings on my Instagram. Nice. Oh yeah, because I guess then the class becomes like a selling point for that building. Yes. (laughs) And so do you feel a different energy between your rooftop classes and studio classes? Yes. By practicing at the rooftop, I really feel the vibe is different. We are more energetic and also dynamic movement. I still remember when I first started yoga practice, the teachers always end the class with feeling the sky above, earth below. And and now I practice at the rooftop. I really feel that the sky above and earth below, which is very down below, but I I can feel it is closer to the sky. And when I do savasana, looking at the sky and this cloud movement, it's just really the most relaxing moment that I feel. Beautiful. And I guess the time of day that you're practicing at, sometimes you get the sun rising during your class as well. 
Mm, yes, yes. And as well as sunset, uh, it's really beautiful to see when we start the class, it's still bright and shine. And then during the middle of the class, you see the class at the sun start to set and the cloud colors just changes and it's really beautiful. And at the end of the class, after our shavasana, we sometimes see the moon come up as well. It feels like the world is practicing with you, is movement. And I guess we, we didn't really take the time to treasure these changings of the sky because we always focus on our task, our phone or our book. So it is a good way to enjoy the outdoor yoga. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I feel like it's almost like if your goal is to connect to a human community to avoid feeling isolated and feeling alone, connecting to nature also seems like a really beautiful way to feel like connection to something that's bigger than yourself and like in harmony with the world. So it's a nice synergy between those two actions of like connecting to community and connecting to nature. Like I can see how that would really create a sense of well-being. Yeah, definitely. I personally love nature as well. I'm a is it called hiker? I'm, I'm, I love hiking and uh, going to the bush. I just feel like getting myself near the tree. Well, I'm not really a tree hugger, but I really love <laughs> being around with nature, doing hiking. And yeah, that's the beautiful things in the world, not in front of a computer. And yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I guess um, we've just got one more question, which we ask everyone. But if you could distill everything that you've learned and particularly everything that you teach down to one core lesson, what, what do you think that one thing would be? I guess the core lesson would be be yourself. I always quote back to Bruce Lee. It's like, be water, my friend. So water can be in a bowl shape or in the shape of glass. So be flexible and just be yourself whatever you are just find your niche and not trying to follow other people's path you have your own path that always follow your heart and be yourself in different situation trust yourself and you always get there where you want to be oh fantastic beautiful, yeah, beautiful. thanks so much may thank you thank you so much we hope you enjoyed our conversation with May and maybe feel inspired to take your yoga practice outside in the future. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can find me on Instagram at RanLovesYoga and Joe at Garden of Yoga. Our theme song is Baby Robots by GoSoul and is used with permission. Check out GoSoul.Bandcamp.com. We also want to thank our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you. Patreon is a way that you can help support the podcast for as little as $1 US a month. Higher tiers get access to extra special content and we're now uploading a monthly video class. We use the funds from your Patreon contributions to pay for editing and producing for our podcast which used to take me around 4 hours per episode so we really appreciate it. If you'd like to help support the podcast please go to patreon.com slash flowartistpodcast and join our Patreon club. If you'd like to support us in other ways, you can share this episode on social media, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just reach out and let us know your thoughts on this or anything else. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you spending your precious time with us. He aroha nui, maua kia koutou katoa. Big, big love. Love.